0: hello hello
1: hello there we go so you good I, I i'm pretty sure it's disorienting as shit you know missing out a whole day
2: uh yeah i'm okay uh like i
1: have no idea where my day went i really don't um Here for some reason after last week's podcast. I thought you might have been mad at me or something.
2: No. Is there a reason for me to be?
1: I don't know. Just consider that my paranoia getting the better of me, which it sometimes does. So, good afternoon, everybody. It is Saturday afternoon. There's ground beef stew cooking in the crock pot, so that must mean it's time for Gaming Sessions. Gaming podcast. Sessions! <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm trying, I'm going to try out this new thing and take out the uh, the E-U-T-S. So just Gaming Sessions podcast. And we'll see if, if any of our people who listen uh yay or nay That so welcome to gaming sessions i am david of course aka Vincent v b 82 my fearless co-host
2: yeah. yep gerald aka sukinode glad to have everybody back hope you've been doing well
1: indeed and it's uh definitely interesting times this past week i don't know if you've heard but there's now a capitol hill autonomous zone in seattle I was actually telling that to you, Drew. They autonomous, though. Yeah, no cops. Um, It's all self-governed. Oh, I think I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, evidently the homeless people stole all the food. Uh, Someone's declared themselves a warlord and has been accused of rape and some other things, so... Going off of that, anything interesting happened to you this week? Uh, no, just.
2: Uh, nah, nothing I can really think of.
1: Aside from fighting the vampire syndrome of staying up all night and sleeping all day and all that good stuff. Yeah, pretty much. Hmm. Hmm. So, I'm. Um, if anybody else wants to join, I'm going to give them a, a minute or two here, I guess. Nope, here.
0: Hmm. On the
1: thing.
2: Don't know if anyone else was going to join. Black slacks, white shirt.
0: And it still fits.
3: still fits. Hello, hello. Can everyone hear me? Hmm.
0: What's up, man. No, well, no I'm
3: not much. Sure. well, fine, man. It's, it's a suit, it'll
0: match. But we gotta get nobody and those boys
3: because they don't have anything. I don't
1: know if nobody does. I think now he
0: does. <sighs>
1: I know the boys don't either
0: want to have any development anymore. I'm going to take all of them that this next week. I guess we're doing that this next week. We done anymore, but I, don't, I don't want to do it on a day where we've got both boys.
1: I am back. Indeed, I am also back. Uh, always a good sign when it uh, shits itself. Uh, not even two minutes into the podcast. <laughs> can you hear me, Saul? So? I can. Okay. So, um, pretty sure I had said something about it last week. Uh, oh, there's the. Uh, there's Crit, a.k.a. Crit, our Midwest fellow. So Mid-west. how about you, Seth? Uh
3: We're doing... Uh, uh, how's our week? Uh, yes.
0: yes. Go there.
3: We're getting okay. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Slowly but surely.
3: Let's see. I don't think I was here last week, so I wasn't able to do my week in quarantine. Or... So I I spent, I spent a week in quarantine. Yay. Let me tell you how much fun I had there. And Mm,
1: I'm sure sure, uh, something straight out of risky business, right?
3: Uh, more like something out of cube. If anyone gets that obscure ass reference.
1: Cube. So you had a lament configuration?
3: No, so Cube was a a movie where a, a bunch of people were thrown into this ever changing maze, which was just a bunch of cubes with different traps in them, and they yeah. had to try it out. And they end up using like their boots to throw into a room to see if you know something terrible would happen to the boot. Hmm. Uh, and. So- Sounds
2: like they ran out of boots real quick.
3: Well, not every room was (laughs) booby-trapped, and not every booby trap was set off by boots. It was just the only thing they had available.
2: (laughs) Did they then try underwear and jackets and hats and socks? Uh,
3: I don't think they got down to the nude, which wouldn't have helped much anyway, but... uh, (laughs) Either way, the fact of the matter was they no one got out alive. <laughs> it was uh, really fucked up movies where no one lives.
1: Ah, uh, okay. Uh, so so like the Maze Runner, but with extra death.
3: Yeah, with everyone dies. Uh essentially. So yeah, it was it was really fucked up. Uh
1: now, wait, are we still talking about the movie or your week?
3: Well, my week resembles the movie, <laughs> so yes. Um, the difference is, instead of having a maze, I ha- it was me and my wife. And I love my wife. I love my wife dearly. But whenever we're both quarantined to quarters and she's going out of her fucking mind... And then that
2: drives you out of your fucking
3: mind, <laughs> right? This this devolved <laughs> quickly, and the the harmony in the household was only recently.
1: Can you Can you so, so I how will, many? Give me a minute. How many Rainbow Six troops did you have okay. to call in from the UN to get that uh squared away?
3: Uh, <laughs> well, fortunately, uh. To compound this issue, our three-year-old was in my parents' care during this time. So my wife was also without her children, and she had to pass on her weekend with her eldest. For those of Uh. you that are aware of exactly how crazy that will drive a woman you can then... I am not
1: aware. <laughs> okay. Women do Neither, not, but, you know,
3: yeah. Women do not like being apart from their children under any circumstance. It, it will absolutely drive them insane. Um, mm. And regardless of whether it is what is best for... Logically best for them or not, them or the children, they fucking hate that shit. And it drives them cuckoo.
1: So, kind of like uh, Gerald, when you had said, just leave your common sense on the street. It'll be fine. Uh, mm.
3: No, we were talking about religion during that argument. Well, not argument, d- uh, conversation.
1: And your point being? Uh,
3: women have the ability to be logical creatures and make logical decisions. That does not stop them from being subjected to the 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 whims of their uh, hormones. I was gonna say ovaries,
1: but yeah, yeah. Well, hormones yeah. is the is the better, more neutral. Well, I can't, can't really say neutral. But I'd say hormones well, is the better.
2: It's no different from when a guy is like, <laughs> "Man, I hate this woman." But she's so hot. Or, <laughs> or even
3: <laughs> men, men follow their dick around like a divining rod, by and large. Mm. right? Women follow their pre uh, pre-programmed the de- need to procreate around like a divining rod. And the reason why they're so fucking picky about who they do this with is because, well, they're supposed to be making good stock. And somehow people like me still get laid. I'm not really sure how that works. I guess they just get desperate. Anyway.
1: Oh, do believe. Or you, <laughs> or you have a big
3: so, if you guys hear a funny sound, it's me pumping up a pool, a kiddie pool, for my eight-year-old.
1: I was I was about to say, i like, token. Yeah,
3: it's not a penis sure. pump. It's it's a bike pump for the kiddie pool.
1: Anyway. Well, no, I, I was going to say token a joint. If, if you are, then you be a, don't be a joint hot. Well... As soon as you drive your fat
3: ass out to fucking bumfuck Oklahoma, we can hook you up, because weed's legal here. You just, mm. you just have to get your medical card. Anyway. You're
1: well, I'm here. pretty sure the doctor would just have to take a look at me and be like, here, you need it more than I do.
3: <laughs> That's pretty much what they do anyway. They're like you have any symptom at all that would this would help enrich your life I look
1: at people and I want to destroy them okay here's
3: (laughs) yeah pretty much anyway so got through with uh, that fun filled week and we had a lot of really really serious conversations about how the fuck we're going to communicate cuz oh boy
2: cuz talking just wasn't oh. working
3: well
0: i don't know well, if y'all uh, so i don't know
3: if y'all re- realize this but the way that <laughs> men and women talk is not the fucking same
1: um so Crit, I think you and I were on Discord when something went down, I think it was a week or so ago. And you know, being being the best wingman I could try to be, I was trying to whisper right your ears and say that I to say. Oh no, no, okay, you don't talk about that time, but Yeah, it, it's okay. Yeah, I was uh-huh.
3: so I also struggle with anger management. So whenever she's being unreasonable. I am not real good at backing the fuck off. Which is part of the problem, I admit, it's my part in the problem. But either way, before this turns into, you know, a four hour segment on the differences between men and women and the difficulty of communicating. Needless to say, we have gotten through it. She only packed her bag and she didn't actually leave and we have hmm. my psych agreed to put in a consult for a marriage counselor which is the biggest problem we've had with getting one was we don't have any fucking money but if VA is able and willing to foot the bill fuck that'll help me a hell of a lot hmm. so you know things are looking up
1: um, possible segue into why universal health care especially in the states might not be a good thing but besides um,
3: universal health care as it has been implemented elsewhere probably is not a viable solution in the US um, simply because of the distances and the costs associated with and so on and so forth I believe...
1: Right, see? I knew, I knew there was a reason I liked you.
3: I believe that there <laughs> is a way to accommodate that, but I think that first, we need to reduce the cost of healthcare in general from the backside, not from, well, fuck, we'll just pay for your healthcare. Uh, right. But That is an entirely different subject, and... Should probably be put in our political forum, seeing how it is a hotly debated subject. Hmm. It's probably kept guest starring uh, Sir Nicholas, aka Squid Aside, aka the formerly far right conservative turned
1: moderate, super left leaning. Um, super left leaning liberal. Really
3: not that far left, right? There's a, none there's of us a really of, are. None of us are really yeah. far off on either end. I mean, you're probably the farthest right amongst us. Um, and who are you referring David, to? David? Uh, yeah. you're, you're probably the farthest right amongst us uh, gathered here. And I can... Pretty safely, safe far the right the Nick is, um, but that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Having a diverse opinion, diverse opinions means you can actually have a diverse conversation about things as long as everyone can remain fucking calm, which is the problem exactly. in every fucking. Political and religious conversation
1: ever. Mm, you're not entirely wrong. I, I like to consider myself a fence sitter, and uh, my friend, who now finally in end stages of TDS, uh, he made the comment that I can't really be a fence sitter since there's more than one now. Bench I sit on the uh, connect on, so I get to laugh at your buddy
3: anyway. Um, so we did that and got our kids back this weekend, which is why I'm outside in 80 degree weather pumping up a fucking pool.
1: Mm. So uh with that segue, how about I go into my week? Go Goathead. Go go where uh where here in here in the great tar heel state, the air is uh hot soup. Uh-huh.
3: The kids are swimming through the air.
1: Uh, and with uh with my job, I won't get into specifics, but I'm uh outside a lot. Mm-hmm. I have to wear long-sleeve shirt and have to wear long jeans. I can't wear jean shorts, unfortunately, because of uh, issues pertaining to personal safety.
3: Part of your personal protective gear is long pants, long shirt.
1: Yes, and uh, rubber gloves with leather gloves over those. A helmet and a face shield.
3: Oh, boy.
1: So, uh, so yeah, this, this past... Drink water? <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Uh, doesn't really help because the more water I drink, the more I sweat. Especially since the air is hot soup, the sweat just stays there. Yeah. Now, I may have said this before, but... Like, I was in Kuwait for six months. It was a hundred, easily 150 every day. But it was dry. And kind of, and kind of as a backhanded, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Nod to comedian John Panette when he was talking about uh, doing shows in Bacon. He said, like, you know, you- well, at least it's a- Well, I would, I would take a dry heat over humid heat where whereas you know my clothes would dry up instead of staying soaked but yeah so there was there's still the air is hot soup and that's probably going to be the case for the next two three four months yep I've now started the fifth chapter of my rewrite of my Ronin Chronicles story, so there's that that's exciting. Uh, I guess kind of a segue to Destiny, since that's what what I play, Um, the new season, Season of Arrival, has dropped uh, we play a little, around a little bit with darkness, but not too much, at least not until the next big content drop in September. Um, Eris and the Drifter now have banter between each other during the public events called Contact. And the light cap is now 1,060. Uh light cap is kinda so, like uh the
3: maximum gear score you can get, right?
1: Yeah. Yes, it's well it's a combination of the power of your weapons and the power of your weapons. So like right now my my power know well, you know it used to be called light level. It used to be called light level, but now in Destiny Two it's called your power level. I'm at one thousand seventeen. Oh and uh this new exotic that we got called the Wither Horde. Um, I already mentioned it to Crit when we were uh doing our new thing of uh pre-casting. Uh it's a exotic uh first slot grenade launcher. Um, our mutual friend Chewy gave it the best name <laughs> I could have ever have given to this thing, the cum gun. Because the the grenades you shoot are like white and black balls of essentially blight, which is what the Taken is like one of their things that they use against us. Well, now this weapon lets us use it against our enemies. So when you shoot it, but it doesn't hit anybody, it hits the ground and then just erupts into a big white and black circle of broiling stuff. Yeah. So when Chewie called it the cum gun, I just proceeded to laugh for the next five minutes and was like, "Eh, that's pretty apt." And this thing uh, is nuking raid bosses and stuff, and I'm I'm still using it because I have, <coughs> excuse me, a a quest, I'm, a quest I'm still working on completing.
3: Are you going to live there?
1: Two quests. You're,
3: you're, you're, you're what, coughing you and of? dying. I was just making sure you got to live.
1: Oh, yeah. I took a sip of root beer and a little bit of it went down the wrong tube.
3: Mmm, sure.
1: Though no, it is definitely root beer. Mm hmm. From the dump. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway, moving along. Moving along, yes. So, uh, Gerald, did uh, did you watch both episodes of Locking Key? Or are we going to do both, or are we just going to do episode? I watched nine? both. Okay. So, uh, hopefully, everybody, you've got your Angus's peppered. You've been read your last rites, because this shit is fucking crazy. Mm. And we will talk about it after this break. Welcome back, Crit. Quick with the thumb. And also, welcome back, everybody. We're just now waiting on Gerald.
0: So hey, there back. he is.
1: There he is. So, lock and key. Holy shit. So, uh, before we break down these last two episodes, um, was your uh, disinterest assuaged?
0: Watching
2: not really. Not really. <laughs> um, I'm gonna preface this by saying um, I don't think they should have uh, ended it the way they did because it hmm. makes it seem like there's not gonna be a second season. And I like I know that a second season has already been greenlit.
0: Right. I'm not
2: sure when the second season was greenlit because it makes it seem like they weren't expecting it.
1: Hmm. I want to say, like, when I would pull it up on Netflix, like, three or four weeks ago, it was saying that a second season is coming. And that was also something I was talking with Crit about uh, during our precast pregame. So, uh, let me get my notes here. Episode 9 starts off with Ellie inviting herself into Key House, wherein she finds a crown that we come to find out is the Crown of Shadows. We get some backstory into uh, what happened the night that Nina went to Joe's house. Uh, What we find out is Joe goes to Ellie's house, sees Lucas, and runs off. Well, Lucas... And Ellie show up because they have the Anywhere key. Um, Ellie's trying to be the diplomatic one and say, says, give me the phone because uh, Joe took a picture of Lucas and Ellie together. Mm. And it, it takes a little bit of cajoling, but he gives her the phone, at which point Lucas gets up and wraps the plastic bag around Joe's head. To which I had uh made the note, Lucas is a fucking dick,
2: well, Lucas is also a demon, like it was it was shown to us that apparently the entire reason they ended up having to kill Lucas was because so. I guess some context. We find out mm-hmm. that the Lucas we're introduced to isn't the real Lucas. What basically right. ended up happening is that the, uh, Lucas, Ellie, Rendell, all the original crew, opened up the Omega door. Lucas got hit by one of the lights shooting out and mm-hmm. it basically took him over and turned him evil. Basically, I guess a demon took over his body or over his mind or some such. They said, right. the way they say it is that a demon attached itself to him. Right. Um and so they had to kill him after he killed two of them like one of the original members of the group he snapped his neck he pushed mm-hmm. one of the he threw one of the girls into uh the shelving the uh basically the wall but she hit some shelves and hit and did yeah. it so hard it just killed her
1: um right and then that's when we see Rendell smack him with the hammer
2: Right. So they ended up having to kill Lucas, but Ellie, you know, couldn't take being without her man, so she used what's called the echo key to make a facsimile of him. And that's what we're actually dealing with. We're dealing with this echo of Lucas. But the echo is like a shadow and is also deranged, I guess.
3: So...
1: Well, the the echo of Lucas is still the demon. So evidently any vestige of Lucas is gone now because he got hit by that bolt of light. Which uh, later after, and, and this was this was another fucked up thing, after he killed Joe, he used the Anywhere key to just go back to her house and left her there to her own devices. Which was a dick move. But as Gerald had stated, you know, there, you know, this version of Lucas is a dick. Yeah, pretty much. But continue. She makes house Doop-a-doop. Okay. Let's, let's try this again.
3: Uh, once more with feeling,
2: and I believe we're back.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, once more from the diaphragm. So Ellie takes out a pistol. I'll just say a pistol because evidently saying um, a revolver is a little too specific. And she finds uh, Lucas or the Echo or Dodge reading a magazine and he's like oh he finally got back and then she empties all the chambers into his chest yeah to which we find out that doesn't kill him because he is in fact an echo which was an astute observation by Bodhi back in the first or second episode so we uh, he cannot be killed by normal means and at well, this point, hold on, I'm- hold on
2: hold on hold on you're you're misrepresenting it. Bodhi didn't know that Lucas was an echo. He
1: right, was, was they, saying
2: they, they they no Bodhi didn't make any form of astute assumption. The the way the show was portrayed in the first episode had Lucas act as an echo to Bodhi. So basically they were leading up to you finding out, oh, he's an actual echo. It, right. Basically they uh What's the word for it? They uh, foreshadowed. Foreshadowed.
1: Yes. Okay, fair point. Fair point. So, yes. So, he is an Echo. So, at which point, I'm wondering, so, is this Echo Lucas or is it Dodge? Which, that ends up getting answered later on. And at this point, uh, Bodie skips school he goes to talk to rufus and then that cuts to a scene of eden i guess she lives in the girls dormitory at this at this school and she's primping and getting ready and kenzie's fear shows up and scares the shit out of her yeah to which then we cut to nina going into the bathroom pulling out the bottle of gin from under the sink and being the the good mother that we know she's gonna be, dumps it out. And yeah. we go we go back to the school where Kinsey, uh, I guess, sees Ellie walking uh, outside the the school building where the, where her locker is. So she bursts out the door and confronts her. And of course, Ellie tries to put up a, a, you know, a front, but it doesn't, I don't remember, did it, did it work or did she actually get Ellie to break down? Because I didn't rewatch episode nine.
2: Oh, when Nina confronted Ellie?
1: No, when, when Kinsey confronted Ellie at the school.
2: I'm not remembering that part. I remember Nina confronting Ellie, but I'm not yeah, that, remembering when that was. Uh, Kenzie
1: that confronted Joe, her. Yeah, that was at Joe's funeral. No, when uh, when it cut away from uh, Nina dumping the gin, it goes to Kenzie at her locker at the school, mm-hmm. and like her look off camera, and then it goes to outside where her locker is and she like bursts out the door sees ellie and then confronts ellie about all this shit going on and i remember oh. at first, ellie's like i don't know what you're talking about you shouldn't be talking to me like that but i i think she did break down and then oh. we uh then we see oh and and even even before that and i didn't note this down but uh Eden confronts Kinsey saying, you know, you got some, some nerve trying to scare the crap out of me, this and that, and... Uh, Lucy, you got some splaining to do. <laughs> well, the, the splaining Sorry. happens... You no, know, you're fine. The splaining happens when uh, we see Kinsey on some bleachers, I guess, on one of the sports fields. And here comes Eden. Um, what's the name of the dude who's got the two prosthetic legs? Do we remember?
2: I do not.
1: Unfortunately, okay. So, I do not. It, yeah, it's I think, him it and Greg. Jackie. It
2: might be Greg.
1: Yeah. So we'll we'll call him Greg until we get confirmation. So it's Eden, Greg, and Jackie. And you know, it just it's just one of those things. Bullies can really only bully when they have backup, right?
2: Eh, I suppose, but also understand that from Eden's point of view, she hadn't done uh, at that point she hadn't actually done anything to Kinsey, and as far as she understood, this was Kinsey f- fucking with her, right?
0: Right. So
2: right. It, it, she yeah, was so just
0: basically kind of
2: bringing know. the other two along as witnesses,
1: right? So she's trying to confront Kinsey. Kinsey just gets up and walks off, and that's when Kinsey's fear shows back up and starts beating the shit out of her. Yeah, out of Eden. I should say.
2: Yeah, she attacks Eden, scratches her on the face, and then they beat her. Uh, then they chase Kinsey's fear off. So let me also point out that not only is this the last we see of Kinsey's fear here in episode nine. But they never actually fix that problem. They chase off Kenzie's fear, and then that's the end of it. Kenzie's fear is still out running around in the woods somewhere,
1: right? And and not even <laughs> and not even just that. Like we, what was it like episode four or five when they get when they find the head key, and that's when Kenzie, quote unquote, kills her fear. And then buries it along with the the butcher knife. So, uh, and I guess it was a thankful bit of plot armor when uh, uh, Sam shows up, and Kenzie's fear is still miraculously alive. Well, it, there is
2: no indication it could be killed, and now that we and now that we get introduced to. Echoes and uh, and and the demons. Demons. There's, the yeah, there's no reason to believe that Kenzie Sphere can be killed because it's an emotion. She's just released an emotion into the world. It's an abstract concept with a physical form. There's no guarantee hmm. anything can kill it. The fact that it just stayed buried that entire time is what really perplexes me. Because if it was alive the entire time, why was it just chilling out in that hole? Plot armor. (laughs) So, unfortunately, the show about... At around episode six to seven, the show tends to kind of unravel at certain points like that. And there's no explanation. And... And it was doing really good up until about episode six or seven. I forget when it really started, but unfortunately, it then kind of gets worse in this episode and the next episode. There's some there's some contrived bullshit in in these two episodes.
1: <laughs> I can't wait for your, I can't wait to hear it. So, uh, so yeah, both we're gonna call him. Greg yeah. and Kinsey grab lacrosse sticks and go to start beating the shit out of Kinsey's fear and then it runs off. So then we go to Tyler with Greg and Jackie because the, the two older siblings are like, well, you know, we're going to need help with this. So we should probably tell our friends. Mm hmm. So we see Tyler sitting in a chair, Greg and Jackie. Well, Greg's kind of leaning on a table, Jackie standing there, and he's telling them about all this. And then it gets to the point where Greg's looking at him like, really, white boy, what are you talking about? And so um, Tyler pulls the matchstick key out, opens a book, taps the key to the book, and it lights on fire. And then he slams the book closed and then that's when Greg's like I see and that's when Jackie pieces out like I don't know how to deal with this shit and then leaves Mm.
3: (laughs) which seems to be a totally reasonable thing to do
2: well everyone Eh. wants to believe in magic and stuff until it actually happens in front of them then they tend to freak (laughs)
3: <laughs> like the fuck is this and there's a bunch of denial and people's feelings
1: get hurt and you know people
3: blow up
1: right so Tyler chases her down and she's like you know I just need some time to process this and then it cuts to Kinsey, Gabe and Scott and this is when she comes clean about how You know, she's kind of been double dipping, but you know, hey, why can't we you know why can't I just date both of you? And I'm just like, really? (laughs) They're gonna do this shit.
3: Did did you think that one through, bud?
1: (laughs) So all right, let me get back to my notes. So then every so everybody knows. And uh, so, so Gerald, when we get that final reveal at the end of episode 10, what did you think?
2: Uh, I thought they, sh- it, when I said earlier, I'm prefacing this or stating ahead of time that I don't think they should have ended episode 10. The, they shouldn't have ended the series the way they did. Not that it was a mm-hmm. bad ending, but All the stuff that, like, as episode 9 and 10 were unfolding, I was like, oh, that's this. Oh, that's this. Oh, that's this. They should have left all of that ambiguous. They should not have confirmed all of my assumptions. Because
0: (laughs) they they shouldn't have
2: answered. See, this is what the show ended up starting to do it start it started off really good giving explanations for what needed to be explained and leaving mysterious what was mysterious and then as you get further right. into it it starts answering the questions it shouldn't answer and starts ans- and then starts coming up with explanations it should leave mysterious <laughs> it's like right. ah
1: you were doing so oh, good right. show <laughs> so So then after that scene, uh, I wrote down on my notes that so what's behind the Omega door seems to be demons, And then we find out um, after everything that had happened with the original keepers, they split the keys up and Ellie had the echo and identity keys. In which Gerald already alluded to, and but this wasn't when she was still a teenager. This was like a year ago from the point of episode nine. Mm-hmm. So we see the six months ago when she gets the call that Rendell had been killed. But then a year before that, we see her go to Key House Use the echo key to open the wellhouse door, and then call out Lucas's name, which brings, for lack of a better term, evil Lucas back. Mm, To which I had wrote, "Damn it, Ellie." So, um, after after Ellie, Rufus, and the Lock kids all meet up, and we, we, we get all of this uh, explained to us by Ellie putting the head key into her, into her own neck, and the two older siblings go in, and we get all of this, what's the word, exposited to us.
2: Well, we get the explanation behind what really happened the night uh, Rendell killed one of the group, and we find out who it was he killed so we find out that it was lucas that they killed and we find out why they killed lucas which we stated earlier it's because he got hit by one of the lights coming out of the omega door turned him into a demon he killed two of the group before they stopped him and then rendal was forced to kill him
1: right so while all this is happening Bodie. Has an idea, goes to a drawer in the kitchen, pulls out a ring of keys, and guess what's on that ring of keys? The key to the crown of shadows. Mm-hmm. So once Ellie and the older siblings come back out, Bodie's like, "I found it! I found it!" And they should have kept the fucking key at Keyhouse. Yep, that's what and I and had Ellie go.
2: That's the first <laughs> contrivance. Right. I was like, wait a minute. Did Ellie and Rufus just forget that Lucas lives with them and has been living with them since Bodie let Dodge out of the well? And did she forget that he's dangerous and killed a man in front of her? Oh, and let's not mention that he tends to just leave and then show up whenever he wants to. There was, a, there was a point in time when Ellie was talking about him and she was like, where did you go? I didn't know where you went. And he was like, I just went out for a little while. Apparently he'd been gone for like a couple of days and then he just shows back up. So you right. have the shadow crown at your house, but Lucas is also at your house, who is really dangerous. So you take the shadow and key the... to the crown, to the house with you. What if
1: he was there? Which, guess what? He was. <laughs> like... right and i'm just i'm just like god damn it she should have left the key with the lock kids Ooh, it was and so, so he, stupid like right so he knocks rufus out knocks ellie down puts the key into the crown puts the crown on his head and like i actually Liked the reference once he put the crown on his head and he was like, "Hello, darkness, my old friend." Oh wow! Which is I answered open... that
2: with a "Go fuck yourself." <laughs>
1: uh. <laughs> like, well, I was right, like, "Really, but... show?"
2: No, I I will not right, be a party that... to this.
1: <laughs> but but, "Hello, darkness, my old friend" is the first line of lyrics to the song "Sound of Silence." Well, yeah, so... I, I know what it's from. It's
2: isn't and... it
3: also from Shakespeare
1: it might be i'm not sure I don't think so. along not, um, neither here nor there but uh, right and then and then that was the end of the episode so fill in anything i missed on episode 9 before we go into 10
2: no that was pretty much everything yeah, that, that that was pretty much everything <laughs> like
1: uh, okay so no good
2: Oh, no, no. I was, I was just saying, yeah. The, the hello darkness, my old friend. It, it was for me. It was yeah, just. Sure. It was. It was such a cringy line to do at that point. And then <laughs> when they show the shadows moving out, like he goes, "Hello darkness, mm-hmm. my old friend," but it's not even really darkness, right? Because a shadow can be. Uh, can be, you know, very dark or kind of transparent, depending on how much light is in the room. And there wasn't even much light in the Mm -hmm. room. So I think the line would have went over with me a lot better if an actual amount of real darkness had started spreading out through the house, but it didn't. Like, it wasn't (laughs) frightening or imposing in any way. And it was hard to take him seriously with that freaking crown on his head. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
1: all right so as crit would say moving along to episode 10 i wonder if nina and the detective are gonna be a thing in the next season
2: you know it seems kind of like they're going in that direction like at first it didn't and then they they're talking to each other and and uh and it seems I don't know. It's kind of a back and forth in my uh, from from my perspective, it's kind of like it looks like it's kind of back and forth and the writers are trying to decide whether that's the direction they're going to go or not.
1: Hmm, right. So for context, in episode 10, Nina shows up at one of the churches where they have AA meetings. She gets out of the car, walks up, see we see the sign and then she has, she like pauses for a moment. And as she's turning back around to leave, that's when the detective shows up and they're talking and he's like, well, you want to go for a coffee? And she was like, yeah, let's go for a coffee. And then, uh, they're sitting there talking and then I put a star next to this, this line, that I think, uh, I don't remember if it was Nina or the detective that said it, but it was it was all about tomorrow.
2: Oh yeah, he was uh, he was counseling her because she was talking about how uh, maybe it was a huge mistake for them to come back to Lock House, and how she had come back because she thought it would help her reconnect with Rendell and learn more about his past because he never talked about it. And the detective mm-hmm. was trying to tell her like instead of don't worry about five, you know, ten years from now. Don't worry about five years from now. Worry about getting right. to worry the next
1: smaller.
0: day,
2: right? And she was like, right. I think yeah. I'm just still stuck in now. And, yeah, so it... it
1: yeah. Yeah, so, so then we cut from there to... And I don't know why I put this down this way, but I I put down the note "white people waiting" because it was it was the siblings at Keyhouse waiting for Rufus and Ellie to come. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. So white pe- white people waiting <laughs> when we knew it wasn't going to be a good thing. So that's when Dodge shows up wearing the crown. And they see the shadows spreading. And then... Uh, I think Tyler said, you know, you know, they're just shadows. They can't do anything. And all of a sudden, the car gets lifted up and tossed, you know, across the the driveway into the yard. And it's like, oh, no, no, those shadows mm-hmm. can do shit. So they rush further into the house and they start turning lights on. And that's when Bodie... <sighs> I don't know how the hell did Bodhi get the matchstick key? Because last I remember, Tyler. had
2: I assume it. he gave it to him at some point in time. No, no, I think he asked right, so for he it. Takes... I think he asked for it because he was trying to make his uh, glow sword, uh, his glow sword, uh, more dangerous. So he put the matchstick right, on. So he, he took he... it from Tyler and put it on the uh, end of his uh, glow
1: sword. Yeah, so he, he took his his glowing sword with some electrical tape and tap and taped the matchstick key onto the end. And uh, so there, you know, we we see the shadows in there in the in the house as they're turning lights on, and as they're turning lights on, the shadows disappear. So they get to the kitchen where there's like three or four shadows just ransacking the kitchen. They go to turn the lights on. The lights come on, the shadows disappear, but then everything goes dark. And Kinsey's, of course, like, oh, go get the fuse box. And I'm like, oh, God, you're doing it. And I was like, have all
2: the lights in the house never been on at the same time? Like, (laughs) are our houses not built in order to deal with the load of all of their lights being on at the same time? I was like, it's, it was just so convenient for all the, for the, uh, for the, uh, fuse box, to trip fuse box, when uh, they started turning on all the lights. Right. I was like, they've never done this before. They, like, I know they have to do a lot of work on the house, but I find it odd that it never turned on all of the lights and never had an issue, but this is the time,
1: <laughs> they right? The like, cause <laughs> I even I didn't even think that. I thought one of the shadows went down there. I tripped. thought
2: uh, I, th- and so did I. I thought it was Dodge. I thought Dodge had like cut power to the house itself. And then she was like, the fuse box. And I was like, wait, you guys have never had all the lights on at the same time and the fuse box can't handle the load of all the lights <laughs> being on at the same time? I know it's an old house and needs repairs but what?
1: Damn. <laughs> right? <laughs> so <laughs> Right, so they, uh, so they split up and then this, she gets down there, uh, sh- she's going down the stairs, a shadow grabs her, drags her under the stairs, and she's doing a thing, and then we see um, Dodge wearing the crown coming towards Bodhi. So he takes the, the glow sword with the key and runs it through her chest. Or wait, or that didn't happen. Yet, no, did that happened.
2: It was after Kenzie got yeah. all the it was just before Kenzie got all the lights back on because uh, while right. she was down in the basement going for the fuse box, one of the shadows tripped her and then they jumped her. But then they started fighting with, she, with each other, I suppose, over who got to kill her. <laughs> like, uh. but they all started fighting each other. So she got away from them, and then it cuts back to Bodhi facing off against Dodge with the shadow, with the crown on her head, and she's like a shadow herself. And he right. runs the glow sword through her, like you said, and it blew her up which kudos on turning the glow sword into a weapon because the entire time they were running around, the light works. I was like, oh, so Bodhi's glow sword is going to become a weapon for them against the shadows. Too bad they only used it once.
1: (laughs) Right. So so she explodes, but it also looks like she falls off the the balcony onto the ground. And then that's when we see dodge on the ground and I'm just like ooh this is a trap well
2: my first mm-hmm. thought was where's the crown of shadows and they and they asked the question like like the next scene when the lights all come back on and the shadows are banished uh i think Tyler or Kenzie when they get back up there they're like where's the crown of shadows and he's like i don't know it's like i was like that's <laughs> suspicious but i didn't think anything of it yet i was like that's <laughs> suspicious
1: <laughs> right. Right. So then Eden, Scott, Gabe, and Jackie show up. And I forget what Jackie had said, but I was like, Jackie, famous last words?
2: Oh, she said she was not scared. She kind of freaked. She was sorry yeah. about that. But she wasn't afraid anymore. Yeah, and yeah, she yeah. wasn't going to run away
1: anymore, I think.
2: Something of that nature.
1: Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so then they're all looking down at Dodge, and that's when Scott makes the the non-binary reference, which got me to cringe mm. a little bit.
2: Somebody was gonna do it, <laughs> like someone was gonna make the reference, uh, yeah, because
0: hmm. David. Oh,
2: I think I made a drop, David. Yeah, David, if you can hear us, we can't hear you anymore.
3: This is the truth.
2: All right, well, we'll take a break here and we will...
3: Wait, wait, wait. Was that a David?
2: No, it's gone. Yeah, yeah, it's gone again. So we'll take
0: a break here and then we'll come back and we'll finish up.
1: Yeah. (sighs) Yeah, I figured as much. All right. So where what was the last thing you heard me say?
2: We were at how the Crown of Shadows wasn't on Dodge's head when they all go downstairs and find her body.
1: And then also the famous last words, and then the non binary comment. And, then the and, right, and that's when I'm wondering is this even the real Dodge? You know, they, they bundle her up in a sheet and they take her down to the friggin' Omega door.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: This is going to be a repeat, isn't it? And then.
2: <clears throat> See, I thought. So my first thought was dodge is playing possum she's just because the first thing they did is she was laying on the floor and they were like well she looks unconscious but you can't kill a echo and they were like well where's the omega key and bodhi runs over like i'll go get it and i thought she was playing possum so that they would go get the omega key for her because she didn't know where it was and I was like, and this dumb fuck goes right over, grabs it, pulls it out and then just holds it up. Like, it's still here. It's safe. And I was thinking she was going to pop up, kick the crap out of all of them and take it. But she didn't. And I was like, oh, right. well, that's weird. And then they get to the Omega door. Uh, right.
1: Continue. So, they're, <clears throat> so they're at the door and they uh, <clears throat> so because the, the two older siblings had been In Ellie's memory, I think it was Tyler said, No, I think it was Kinsey. Kinsey said, if you see any lights come out, don't let them hit you. So she looks through the keyhole again, puts the key in, turns it, and they all pull the door open and it just kind of looks like, I don't know, it kind of looks like space, but there's a nebula out there.
2: Yeah, it looks like a nebula of energy, pretty much.
1: Right, so you know they they start seeing the lights form and the lights shoot out and like one of them hits hits the rock and then bounces and then lands on the ground and it looks like burnt like a burnt marshmallow or something.
2: Um, it looks solid. Then it kind of started. Melting on itself, it it looked more like um uh one of those like uh oh what am I the uh it looked more like one of those steel rivets that they would heat up to almost like white hotness so they could drill in the steel. It looked like one of those. You see them a lot in cartoons. It looked like that.
1: Yeah, I can see that. And so, uh, then it was, <clears throat> I want to say it was Kinsey and Tyler grab Dodge, and that's when she starts waking up. So they take her to the door, they heave back and chuck her in, and that's when she like wakes up and she's like, Tyler? They throw her in, and she grabs Tyler by the jacket, and she's terrified. So I'm like, oh, she yeah, knows I would, she's going to get fucked up now.
2: Nope. at that point, I was like, that's Ellie. At that point, I was like, that's Ellie. That's not Dodge. That's Ellie.
1: Spoiler alert. Because (laughs) I was
2: like, I was like, wait, the entire time Dodge has been trying to get the Omega key so she could go to that door. And if she's a shadow or an echo, all all they're really doing is throwing her back where she came from. But she's like freaky. She's freaking out. We have never seen Dodge be scared of anything. But she's freaking out, terrified. And I was like, that's not Dodge. That's Ellie.
1: Well, it took Um, me a little like I was questioning, but it took me a little bit longer to realize that as per my notes.
2: Well, right, but and I had no way of knowing if I was right. That was just my assumption. I was just like, it it just. So this is one of the merits of the show, is that they got Dodge's personality and and like mannerisms across. Like the actress got those mannerisms and personality across enough that when that happened, I was like that is not dodge this isn't this is they're not acting like dodge but if it's not dodge then who could who else could it be and i was like oh crap it's ellie mm,
0: right. so
2: i was like that's ellie and because hmm. dodge does have the face change key right. and i was like she pl-, and i was like she played them but once again it was i i I couldn't confirm it because I'm sitting here like but then what's the game plan what was the point of this and the only thing right. I could think of was the the best way to defeat your opponent is to make them think they won mm, yeah it's a fair point <laughs> um, so I was like okay so she's making them think that they won that means they're because because at first I was like this doesn't make any sense though because if she just if she just wanted them not to try to get in her way or try to stop her she could have just left they weren't gonna chase her she could have just left and went and did whatever she wanted in the world and that would have been fine they never would have chased her never even would have talked about it wouldn't have cared so that didn't make any sense and hmm. I was like but but continue we'll 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 get to that
1: right so I thought it seemed too easy. So then after that, um, Scott confronts, or no, Kinsey goes up to Scott and he's like, yeah, I'm not about, you know, being the other half of a love triangle. Yeah.
2: Um, it, well, he called her over to talk to her. Right. And I, I give him props for that because Scott is very socially awkward. Timid. <laughs> but I give him Huh? Timid. No, he's not timid. He's just socially awkward. Um yeah. he has the mannerisms of someone who who is used to not fitting in. And you could tell by the way he kind of stumbles over himself when he talks, how sometimes he says too much and they will immediately stop talking. Um or he'll apologize for saying something, thinking he said too much. So he he's someone who's very used to being the odd man, the odd person out. So I had to give him props for being like, for calling her over. And even in the situation they were in, being like, hey, I'm not about that. Like, but he right. did immediately then turn around. was like, I hope we can be friends, like the, the, the best of friends. And I was like, nah, that's not the way to do it, man. Uh, and unfortunately it's not and anyone who's listening to our podcast and going "Ah, that's perfectly fine believe me take it from someone who's been in scott's position and who has done the exact same thing that's not (laughs) how it works that is literally not how it works it's
0: not how i
2: was i was i was that young too and it seems and that's the thing it seems like the right answer, right? It seems like the right answer. It's not the right answer.
1: Because then you've got the the resentment, and then that becomes jealousy, which becomes anger, and that's just the path to the dark side.
3: I knew you were going there, you fucking nerd. (laughs) (sighs)
0: Like,
3: there's nerd, and then there's that.
0: But
2: continue
3: <laughs> I think it's your go Isn't it like we're, aren't we still Dana? on? Like you were Still doing Dana? a point weren't you
2: No 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 I was handing it Back over
3: you know, I,
2: I was just stating that I was Giving Scott props for Being assertive pretty much Because that's something he's Never he he never really was In the show Um, But this moment of assertiveness was not only uh, like a really good move for just a growth of his character, but it was appropriate for the for the situation, even if his assertiveness, if even if he'd have been like, hey, Kenzie, um, about this whole, you know, us both dating you, I can do that. Even if he'd agreed to it and was okay with it, which would have been fine,
1: him. And it might be uh, a nerd thing to say, but that doesn't make it any less valid. I'm just saying.
3: You're saying. Can people hear me? Yes, but I'm. Yes. I can hear you.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: You were
2: talking to him.
1: <laughs> yes. So it might be a nerd thing to say, but that doesn't make it any less valid. Hmm. Suppose. <laughs> so after all that, and welcome back from umpteenth number of disconnect. Yeah, um, I
2: was five. just basically saying that I was giving Scott props for being assertive, which is something he's never, re- which he's never been up until this point. Like, right. uh, well, I guess there was one other time, but that was because he was pissed after the whole sea cave thing with Kenzie. That was just because he was mm-hmm. really mad at her but he's never just been assertive when he's been calm and could think straight. So even if he'd agreed to the whole three-way, him, if he, like, in that moment, if even if he'd have been like, yeah, I'm with this whole three-way thing, we can definitely do this, that would have been fine. It it was nice to see a little bit of growth of his character. And I hope we see more of it. Um, I hope more of it happens.
1: Right. So then... <clears throat> so after that, do we see Nina and the detective at a bar?
2: Yeah, I think they're, they're either at a bar or a restaurant.
1: Yeah, something. So then um, the detective gets a call, and he shows up at Ellie's house, where Bodie's there because he went to go check on Rufus. Rufus is there and unconscious. And called nine one one, so the detective shows up. They got they get um, Rufus into a ambulance. Bodie goes up and it's like, what happened? What's going on? And I believe Rufus gives him the head key at that point.
2: He does. And yeah. this is where it confirmed my suspicions that it had been Ellie, because when right. Bodie gets into the house, only Rufus is there, and I was like, right. yep, it was
1: Ellie. To which at that point I wrote down, did they throw Ellie through the door? So yeah. So then there's the the family meeting the next morning where everybody's there including Duncan. And well also, like,
2: also remember when Bodie is talking to uh 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 f- now I've, I, we said his name several times and now I'm forgetting it. Rufus? Uh, Rufus. When he's talking to Rufus, Ruf and even, Rufus tells, even tells Bodhi, hey, he can change his face with a key. So right. when Bodhi comes back um, and talks to Tyler and Kenzie, Cameron. he asks them specifically, did they throw the right person into the gate because she could change her face?
1: Right. So, so then there's the right so then there's the family talk where Nina's like, hey, we're gonna go back to Seattle, and then everybody's like, no, we, we're already here, we like it here. So they're they're gonna stay there. Yes. They go and dump no. Rendell's ashes at the same cliff. Um and them through the bodies. And then this is when um, I'm wondering if Gabe had actually gotten hit by one of the lights. And I, and I wrote down, Gabe got hit. And then when I realized that I crossed it out, it was like, Gabe is dodge. And then we see that when they did throw Ellie into, you know, through the Omega door, Eden got hit by a light. Oh, thank you. So Gabe is riding his bike I guess to a restaurant to meet the other demon that's now inhabiting Eden who is stuffing her face full of all kinds of food. Mm-hmm. And he's like how are you doing? And she's like I'm hungry. And then she's like, So anything I
2: missed? Uh, no, that was pretty much what everything that happened. And I, I will, uh, I'll admit, I never saw the whole dodge was also doubling as Gabe. Like I never saw that coming. Um, and then I think, and when you look back on it, it makes sense. But that's why I also say this is they should not have done this they should have left it ambiguous they should have let everybody go oh no they threw ellie through the door but not given any confirmation of that right ellie is gone Mm. they and then they should have just had dodge be gone too because then it's ambiguous then you don't know because dodge could have just left and taken ellie for whatever reason they should have left all of this ambiguous. The only thing I think they should have shown us is that Eden got hit by one of the lights. That's I feel like that's the only thing they should have shown us. And then everything else they should have revealed through the story in the second season. That's why I say it feels like they didn't know that they were going to get a second season, so they answered everything at the end of the first season.
1: Yeah, and to be fair, some really good shows did get left with ambiguous endings because they weren't renewed for a second season. Hmm.
2: But I think an ambiguous answer is better than a uh, is better than them giving everyone an answer. Uh, I just feel it depends on the show and it depends on how everything is set up. In my opinion, I don't feel like they should have given us the answers. I feel like all of that should have been left a mystery. Was it Ellie that they threw through the portal, or was it Dodge? We don't know, because both of them are gone. Eden has been hit by a thing. Is she going to be the new threat? Only to find out in the second season, oh, Gabe was Dodge all along. And then when you hmm. look back on the first season, you go, "Oh, it makes absolute sense." And that's ex- so it was Ellie they threw through the Omega door. It makes absolute sense that Dodge also disappeared. Like I feel like those revelations are more it would have been more impactful, but in the second season, and they might be going for the angle of, "Well, you know who the villains are," but they but the uh. The, the protagonists don't. so they want yeah, the but... tension of you knowing what's happening. But I feel like they should have went the other way with it
0: hmm.
2: yeah. It makes but, sense. I mean it works either way depending on who you are, uh, watching it. It can work either way. It just depends on your taste. For my personal taste. I would have rather them not have explained any of that. Only that they showed that Eden got hit by one of the lights. I feel like that's how it should have ended.
0: Yeah.
1: I guess we'll see how it plays out next season. So, Crit, final thoughts?
3: Um, I'm <laughs> glad that I can hear this review because this does not sound like my cup of tea. Um, and by hearing it from you guys, I don't have to watch it <laughs> because like I said, not my cup of tea. Um, that said, um, oh my fucker. sorry, I'm multitasking here and my archers keep wanting to commit suicide by running into the fricking base. Yeah, they do that. Mm. <laughs> um, but either way, uh, by
1: no, you guys stop that. Uh, well, you heard it here first, audience. Crit is speechless.
3: I, I am. I
1: just,
3: <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it seems like this show has a lot of problems with just making some bullshit up for the sake of plot instead of uh, like they ran out of answers you know that's what it feels like from your description
1: right yeah. well it's not a an invalid uh, response for someone who's not seen it and has only heard about it through us talking about it so yeah it won't. I don't know. I,
2: I don't feel like it's that they ran out of answers. It feels like either they were they were moving too fast through the season, so they didn't have time to give the answers in a proper way. Like because because why would the characters take the shadow key to? Like they don't want Lucas to have the shadow crown. They and you can only use the shadow crown with the shadow key. So. If he's living there And might be there I think when Ellie and Rufus were getting ready To go back they even told them to be careful In case Rufus came back So why Take the key there It just didn't make any sense Unless you were short Like if you were short on time You were like she's just going to have to take the key there Otherwise we have to do A, a, more, uh, a way that makes more sense And that will take longer and we just don't have the time or the episodes, right? Um, mm. So I, I feel like in the last couple of episodes, they kind of pulled a Game of Thrones. They mm. raced mm. to their destination and uh, they raced to their destination without, uh, and had the characters do things that they shouldn't, they, they were more than smart enough to know better than to do at the time. You so, you fucking and,
3: morons. Oh,
0: sorry. And,
2: yeah, we know, game. Um, and like I said, I don't think it's a bad show. I, I think it's a pretty good show. Um, I don't think I can. I don't know. We'll we'll watch the first... uh, I will watch the first episode of the second season, but it's going to have to make up for a lot for me to sit through an entire another season of this. Um, It's just not my kind of... It's not my kind of show. I can absolutely understand why people enjoy it, but it's just not for me.
1: (laughs) It is indeed a hell of a day, isn't it? Yep. And sponsor break. (laughs) Mm. So, um, that's locking key. So, Gerald, you take it away with the last two episodes of No Game, No Life. And I'll add comments.
2: Okay. So, in our last two episodes of No Game, No Life, uh, Sora and Shiro are... In the Eastern Federation uh, Beast Men's uh, game. They've just gotten downloaded into it. It is a virtual reality game, and they have revealed it to be a, like, I don't know the exact name of the type of game, and no, I didn't care enough to write it down.
1: <laughs> I, I think they <laughs> called it Cops and Robbers.
2: Well, they may have called it Cops and Robbers, but it's a particular type of game because the game is set up to where you have guns that have energy levels. And when you shoot someone, they become basically your love slave. And there are all these NPC right. male, like bunny girls. Um, and they used it because they used it on uh, Stephanie uh, Dola. I don't know why I like say it. like Her name... Just flows so well, Stephanie Dola. <laughs> 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 like I don't know why, but um, but they do it to Steph like several different times, and like the the in the one moment, like the very moment it's explained that by shooting someone, they fall helplessly in love with you. Shiro instantaneously shoots Sora right in the face. <laughs> <laughs> so that that was pretty funny. Um but uh so the game is that uh uh what is the little beast girl's name? I forget. Izuna. I, like,
0: hmm?
1: Izuna.
2: Izuna. Right, right, right. So the game is that Izuna has to shoot all of them or they have to shoot Izuna your clothes can be used as armor, which is one of the things they find out as they're running around um, because they end up they end up shoot, they end up uh, basically boxing Izuna in at one point and they shoot her, but she dodges it by using the coat she's wearing as a shield. So clothes basically act as a shield. And this is one of those uh, this is one of those times where when I go the exponential kind of luck that Sora and Shiro need to win some of these games is is just contrived. Like, it, it is just because <laughs> plot armor and they're the heroes, right? Now, it does showcase just how incredibly intelligent Shiro is. Like, she is a genius among geniuses. Because once they get put into a tight spot, she does this calculation taking in all of the factors of the known rules of the game and how the virtual reality world works and um, how the NPC characters work. And they use this to their advantage by setting up a spot for them to have their last little showdown with Izuna. And um, because they're they're basically trying to wear Izuna down, and because Shiro is basically a calculator, she's basically a walking talking calculator. Um, she actually forces they actually get to a point where they force Izuna to use a power that the Beastmen have, but only a few of them had called uh, a few of them have called blood destruction. It actually reminds me a lot of Kaoken Ken from Dragon Ball. I mean, hmm. it basically does the same thing because it boosts all of their physical attributes, and um, and basically, I think they call it blood. Dist- and it hurts them while it's activated. Like once it deactivates, they're like exhausted. So it actually takes a toll on them. Um, but while it's activated they basically it basically has been described as a way for them to transcend their physical limits and it basically allows them to contend with beings like the flugels um and if you if you remember the (laughs) flugels are basically demigod god slayers so right and it's also uh made aware like sora and shiro figure out very quickly that um that they're cheating Mm. and so they actually use that to their advantage as well so this showcases a lot of what i like about this show of how they're showcasing sora and shiro using their intellect and taking all the factors and and uh putting them into a winning formula um like but sora and shiro are geniuses that can do this, right? And they've been doing it for years, so they have the experience. But, the astronomical amount of luck they needed to get every single one of these factors to fall right in line is just utterly ridiculous. Like, in the final part of it, where they actually do defeat Azuna, if she had been a half a foot from the spot she was in, they'd lost. So,
1: Right. And, Just and that, that's continue. not even the... Well,
2: good. Continue. Well, no. I mean, pretty much it. Because the, the entire both episodes is basically them in the virtual world. In the... I think it's the ninth episode. I think it's... uh Which episodes is it? It's eight and nine. Nine and ten. Or, Nine and nine ten. And nine ten. And ten. Yeah. Right. So in ninth episode, um, it ends with Shiro getting shot by Izuno but right. that was a ploy to lull Izuna so that into a trap and so they were trying and then Izuna is that's when Izuna pops her blood destruction and goes all super Saiyan on everybody and hmm. so they then they're just running for their lives basically and then they find out that the entire time they were luring Izuna into another trap. So everybody else is playing a game while Sora and Shiro are playing 3D chess. That, that, that's hmm. basically how this is being portrayed. They're, all, they're thinking, you know, steps and steps ahead. Um, and then it turns out that the winning shot was Steph. Because what they did is they put Steph on the shoulders of one of the NPC characters, and through the commandments of a short game that they played with her in the first episode, they compelled her to basically stay asleep until she got to a certain spot, and then she would raise her gun and shoot directly forward. And since she was compelled by the commandments, she couldn't fuck it up. Um And that's how they defeated Azuna, um, because the NPC while walking didn't make any noise, so that didn't tip off the beastmen's superior hearing, and because Stephanie was incapacitated the entire time up to the point where the NPC uh, the NPC stopped, there was no intent, especially since Steph couldn't open her eyes; she just had to, you know, pull up and shoot. So there was no like. Uh, like it didn't trip their uh, the beastman's danger sense basically because they have kind of a spider sense for danger, but it didn't right. trip that because there was no in there was no like malicious intent from Steph, so that's how they got Izuna and defeated her and won the game. Um. Now the thing is, they didn't know if the oh, they they knew they were cheating like they were uh. Like, the old man was using their heartbeats to uh, to find out where they were and then relating that information to Izuna so Izuna could always find them. And that's how they got into such a tight spot in the first place. But that was literally yeah. the only cheat that was seemingly used in that virtual world. And it was like, but you didn't know of any other cheats they could have been using, and why weren't they using other cheats? There are much subtler cheats they could have been using. In fact, they could have used a, a, a cheat that you run into, especially in fighting games, fairly often, not fairly often, but often enough, is lag switching. Hmm. <laughs> you know, lag switched before Azuna was hit, allowing her to get out of the way, and no one really could have said anything about it because, first off, they wouldn't have known what it was. Second of all, it wouldn't have been obvious because Azuna only needed a split second to get out of the way. And he and uh, the old man was literally watching the entire thing. So the fact that he couldn't see Steph behind Azuna didn't make any sense. Azuna is a small girl. There's no way they couldn't have seen over her head to be able to see Steph on the NPC behind her. So, Hmm. there were a lot... So, it was a lot of luck that allowed them to win. Just like when they fought, just like when they played the game against Jabril. So, uh, but they they do end up winning. Um, And then they go on to uh, meet the leader of the Eastern Nation, which is, of course, a fox woman priestess
1: Big titty fox uh, priestess.
2: Big titty fox fr- priestess, um, with a monocle. I think I don't know if it was full on glasses, but I think it was a monocle. Hmm. And
1: looked like the uh, Monopoly guy or some shit. And let's hope not. But
2: uh, so the rules of the game were that whoever lost basically gave up their race piece and all of their command and all of their rights. Right. So they had mm-hmm. won. So Sora says to the fox priestess, "Do you want to play? Do you want to play another game then?" And so they just flip a coin. And as the coin is in the air, she she goes into blood destruction, calculates all of its uh, all of the times it's going to rotate in the air before it hits the ground, and what it's going to land on. And then so she picks the uh, she, so she picks tails and Sora, as she was doing that, had actually moved his foot forward on a on one of the uh, floor tiles.
0: And mm-hmm. so the got caught on
2: edge <laughs> in between the two floor tiles. So he was like, you know, the proposition was, well, look at that. It was a draw. So do we both lose or do we both win? And basically, the conditions of it was that they would retain all of their rights and stuff like that. And if they won, they uh, the Eastern Confederation would come under the uh, Elkia and become the Elkia Federation. And so he was like, do we both lose or do we both win? And uh, because if they won, like if they – so if they both lost – Sora and Shiro would be killed because that's what they gave her as part of the win so if they won the toss she could kill them but if they won the toss they lost all of their rights and came fully under the control of Elk. so he was like well do we both lose or do we both win and she was like okay we both win and then he gives them back their race piece and he was like yeah you should never take another uh, race's race piece Um, And they reiterate the fact that this is supposed to be a game where everyone is supposed to be having fun playing. And the fact that none of the races have figured that out yet. Like, that is a... Like, it's a very big deal, which is why one of the commandments is literally let's all have fun playing together.
1: And the fact
2: that... And they also reveal the fact that getting... It's not getting the race pieces that allows you to, the aim of the whole game is to challenge Tet. But the only way to challenge Tet is to gather all of the pieces. And the races thought that the pieces were the race pieces, which because of what the race pieces represent, no one ever put up as a bet, as a prize for the bet. But it's not the race pieces, it's gathering all the races together. Basically, in order to challenge Tet, the one true god, all of the peoples of the world must come together and then go to him to play the game. And that's the thing that has been eluding all of the different races. Um, right.
3: And,
1: and he, the fact that the- there are 16 races and 16 pieces for each side on a chessboard...
3: correct
2: basically it's meant for all the races to come together and camaraderie and then work together to defeat ted they're like it, it is meant for all of them to challenge him together um and then uh and then sora and shiro also reveal that the eastern federation because the technology they were using, because they come to this world and no feder none of the races they've met so far actually have this kind of technology. So they're like, well, where did they get it from? How did they learn how to use it? And even the beast men are not known for technological advances. So once again, it was like, where did it come from? How did they get it? And so they pose that question to the priestess, and it turns out that she's a real priestess in the sense of the word that she is the conduit between the mortal realm and a old deuce which is the first order of the races the the old gods so they actually had a god helping them and then at the end of that episode shiro and sora challenge that god to a game well it's not
1: for And that's how it, and that's how the
2: season ends well, yeah, there's been nothing but fan service for like five
1: episodes. <laughs> well, I mean like they they end up being in the in the hot in the hot I want to say hot springs, but it's not. It's the the bathhouse. There you go. They're in the bathhouse, and um, Shiro's just scrubbing away at Azuna's like head back and tail and both mm-hmm. uh, both Sora and the old man or behind the the uh tatami screen and then that is...
0: mm, i uh, i honestly
2: don't remember
0: <laughs>
2: uh i took my notes for it and i haven't i haven't watched it <laughs> since <then. laughs> so i don't
3: remember that part
0: but yeah.
2: Um, but yeah, and that's pretty much how uh the season ends. Um I also did uh some reading and found the mangas for it, which go much further into the series past that. And Sora and Shiro have defeated and confederated all of the races we've seen up to now. So they they brought the Eastern Federation of Beastmen into Elkia. Then they defeated the L. All
1: right. So this is frustrating.
2: (laughs) Mm, Anchor is definitely being cranky today.
1: Mm. All right. So final thoughts then on uh, the lovely fan service and intelligent uh, mind fuckery that is uh, no game, no life.
2: The same thoughts as before. Uh, enjoyed it. Good. Sh- I think it's a good show. Hopefully, they'll get a uh, second season. Even if they don't, there is a uh, manga for it that I went delving into. Um, and all of the races we've met so far, uh, Sora and Shiro have defeated and confederated. So, the Eastern Alliance of Beastmen is now under Elkia, the Elves are under Elkia, and the Flugel are under Elkia. And apparently, they even got one of the uh, old deuces under their confederation, oh. as well as a new race that was introduced, the Dampiers. So...
1: Interesting so excuse me there's a couple things you added to the Trello which did you want to talk about first
2: Uh, we can talk about either or
1: so I know you you said the Playstation 5 was one of them what was the other one
2: Uh, Disintegration it is a new FPS shooter Uh, developed by one of the guys that co-developed Halo Um, is releasing in two days and I saw the trailer for it and I was like oh that looks interesting and then I went to its page and started looking into it and I was like oh
0: oh Mm -hmm. oh
1: Well, let's talk about that. Because, uh, what, what's all this oh-ness?
2: So w- I saw the trailer, and I was like, oh, that seems interesting. That, that that seems like it might be good. And it looked really good, too. And it reminded me a lot of Destiny and its style. Um, and then I went and I checked out its homepage to get a better uh, look at exactly what was going on with it. Um, and I also checked some reviews of people who played early versions of it. I didn't find a single review that was glowing. Like, all of them were like, yeah, it was a good idea. But, like, one one review was literally like, I always wondered, uh, apparently Halo was supposed to be like... <laughs>
1: All right, okay. so let's uh, let's pick up, uh, from when you said you went to the website.
2: Oh, I uh, yeah, I went to the website. I started looking more into it and its story, and base like so. You you're you get to ride around on what's called like a grab cycle, and it's basically this floating. Um, I guess the best way, be because it reminds me so much of Destiny. Um, mm. and unfortunately, it not only reminds me of Destiny, it reminds me of Anthem. Mm. And unfortunately, <laughs> it looks like it's going to go the way of Anthem. Um, because for it's got three game modes, which it calls different things. Here, actually, let me. Did I write down exactly what it... It, it doesn't really matter, but it's kind of like... Uh, hmm. let's see. It has three game modes. Collector, which is basically just team kill for points, because you collect points. Retrieval, which is attack and defense, or um, uh, basically it's a uh, flag. Is basically just capture the flag. Like a point capture... A uh, uh, I'm not a first-person shooter, so I, I don't know these terms off the top of my head.
3: Do you pick uh-huh. something up and take it someplace else, or do you just hold a point?
2: Once you hold a point, once you pick something up, it's like an objective. You go get it and you take it somewhere else.
3: Okay. Yeah. Take, take it. So else, capture the
2: capture- flag, king of the hill, and then um.
3: King of the Hills, when there's only one point, if there's multiple points, it's Domination. Okay,
2: then Domination, because there's multiple points.
1: Or in the Destiny case, it's Control.
2: Yeah, It's basically Destiny because you take them and you have to control them, basically. Um, And there's one where you have to collect uh, Brain Cans. Um, because the, the setting of the world is that it's basically post-apocalyptic, and uh, a thing has been introduced called integration, where humans take their – where human brains are taken and put into robotic bodies, and that's how they live. So your human hmm. brain is a robot body. Um, well… Uh, what is the Indestity? What is the one enemy that uh, is a bunch of uh, nanobots and takes over other enemies? The Vex? No, it's not the Vex. It's the other one that came out with the, uh, the Iron Lords, I think it was.
1: You're talking about SIVA? SIVA, uh,
2: yeah. So basically there's a faction that's trying to get rid of all organic humans, either through turning them into brains and robots or by just killing them all.
1: That kind of sounds like that. Except, well, there's there's a close approximation of that in Destiny 2. One of mm-hmm. the uh, NPC vendors, his name is Asher Mir, he has a Vex arm because he was afflicted during a, a strike. Mm-hmm. And it's slowly turning him into a Vex.
2: Right. And it is probably closer to the Vex because they look like the Vex. Um hmm. and the way that the combat is set up is sort of like the the issue that a lot of reviewers have been saying with the grab cycles is kind of like the same issues they were having with the uh with like the hover tanks in Destiny during when Destiny first came out. And they had the arenas and they introduced the hover tanks and you would just basically jump on a hover tank, sit in a spot, and you were just a big turret. That's one of the things that they were saying that was a, a, a issue. You just felt like a clunky tur- moving turret. Um, also, there's no customization. Uh, well, let me recant that statement. There is customization. The customization they give you is subpar. You can put like little decals on your grab cycle. You can change the color of the uh, of the costume you already have. So there aren't multiple costumes. There aren't parts and bits and pieces that you can do. You can just change colors here and there and put on like a one or two decals. That's how you customize. Even the loadouts are preset, and you can't change them yourselves so they have like four to seven preset loadouts that you have to choose from and in the campaign you only have four of those loadouts also you since it's strategic you have like a team with you but you can't individually control your team so one of the viewers one of the reviewers was stating how uh since you can't individually control them the the tank And the sniper would run up into enemies and both get cut to pieces because you couldn't Mm. tell your sniper to sit up on a hill and snipe, you know, like a sniper supposed to. (laughs) Mm. And he was talking about uh, the reviewers were talking about how the combat pretty much came down to just spam you had like three aoe moves and so you would just spam those aoes because each preset had an aoe move in it and then it would have another skill so you're just making sure to spam those moves the ai from how is being from what i saw and from what reviewers have been saying the, the ai sounds dumb like it was an anthem the customization is pretty much on par with what you got in Anthem when it started, and a lot of the models look like they're from Anthem. And now I do understand that this is like a a 30-person crew who put this together. But what I'm what I say to that is I get that it's a small team developing this, but If that's the case, if you only have a small team to put this together, fuck how it looks. Make it an engaging game first. Work on how it looks later. Like, I've never heard a person go, man, that game was amazing. But if it looked better, I'd still be playing it. But I hear plenty of people go, oh, that game looks amazing. Too bad it's a trash game that I don't want to play. (laughs)
0: <laughs> the
3: the only time you hear it looks like trash and I, that's why I don't play it is when you're talking about games that are you know Morrowind right no one says Morrowind's a bad game but everyone will now say man I'd like to go back to Morrowind but it's just so dated
2: well, right, right. Mm-hmm. but they don't say it looks terrible. They say it's dated and needs to be updated, right? And these are usually people who have still played it.
3: Have gone you know, back they, to
2: it. Right, or have gone back to it, right? Usually they'll play it, and then they played the other installments in the series, like Skyrim, like Elder Scrolls Online. And then they go back to it, and they're <laughs> like, I'd really like to play it again, but it's so dated right mm. but there are a few people i know of who have who've started playing a game and been like "Man, yeah, this game is so good but it's terrible looking so i can't play it but i hear all the time how people are like this is a visually stunning game but it's terrible oh. to play and i don't want to play it
3: what about the pool <laughs> right so yeah is it i i filling
2: like it, it's really too bad what? because on. once again it very much feels like a game I that has off. a lot of potential but I don't think it's going to even get off the ground because it just doesn't seem like it's good like mm. it visually it's really good it yeah, looks turn really good off visually but it doesn't you seem like it has anything else pool, going
3: or is it on, it's
1: not on. Nah, yeah. it kind of sounds like Anthem yeah I don't <laughs> care. Yeah, just
2: unfortunately, a... there are even like big like single bosses, like big single colossal bosses that just remind me of the Anthem Titans. Uh,
3: find so your... because basically Something. the way it's
2: described, all you're doing is floating around them in a circle, shooting and spamming your abilities. And I think one reviewer was even talking about how when they were going through the campaign, because the a- you can. Because you can't control your uh, party very well or dynamically, basically you can send them to a place, you can make them uh, stay at a place to defend it, or you can call them back to you. He like One of the things he pointed out is, first off, the range of doing that isn't very far. And if you get too far from your team, they will literally follow you again. They, they will stop staying where they're supposed to be staying and they will come find you. And then hmm. he was talking about if they, because, of, because you can't individually have them go places, you know, strategically, because you have like a tank, you have like a DPS, like they have classes and they have positions in the group, but because you can't individually tell them where they need to go and what they need to do, they go as a group. They'll get uh, they'll run into large groups of enemies and just get murdered and he got to the point where he he said that it was literally easier to just run around reviving them than to try to keep them alive and because there was no penalty for reviving them and you could revive them endlessly it was just more efficient to just let them die wherever they were and then go pick them up later hmm. So, mm. yeah, I had hoped to have like good things to talk about with this game, but the more and more I read <laughs> on it, because like I said, I I saw the trailer for it and it looked interesting, and I was like, oh well, this looks interesting. And then I start, and then I start finding more and more about the game, and I'm like, I don't think this is gonna fly. This does not sound good at all. Hmm. Right. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I guess we'll see when it comes out. I mean, I don't know. I don't, like, I um, I can't remember when those reviews were done. Maybe things have changed since those reviews were done. Um, but they were early access, and the game comes out in two days. So, I don't know. Maybe the reviews are, like, two, three weeks old. I doubt they're months old. So, I don't know how much they could change in, like, a month. So I don't know. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. But that is disintegration, basically. I see. And considering it, considering this is a team being headed by the co-creator of Halo, uh, it, that is <laughs> that sucks. That this is going to be basically their opening game. Like the because, uh, as far as I know, it is the first game they've developed. So it really sucks that the first game they've developed uh, as a team looks like it's not going to be very good. Hmm. Let's
1: see. I'm pulling it up on uh, Edge, right? Oh, this one? Yeah, I remember seeing something for this one. Yeah. Hmm. yeah like like looking at the at the landing page you see the the one dude who I'm guessing is like you said it's a a canned brain mm. and then over over in the back looks like a a titan from uh uh anthem
2: yep like one yeah. of the, yeah, one of the party, uh, the one party member who's the tank literally looks like the tank from Anthem. He literally looks like the tank class from Anthem.
3: It's four o'clock. She can get up. Tell her to put yep. her swimsuit on.
0: What are you, you,
3: you going to watch? Are you going to keep an eye on her yeah. when she's outside?
0: Yeah, but I do not know where our swimsuits are because I remember putting them
3: Check so. in the bathroom.
0: In the, Check in the
3: bathroom.
2: But that's disintegration. I hope it is better than it looks, right? I, right? I hope it is better than what I have been finding. So we'll have to yeah. wait and
1: see. <sighs> Two cups of Cuban coffee. <laughs> So for for all the the Sony heads out there, go ahead and tell them about PS5.
2: So the PS5 got revealed, and I'm a big PS kid, Um, and I like the new look. Um,
3: I do very much
2: like the new uh, PlayStation 5 look, Um. I don't know how the controller is going to hey. be in practice Go. because they're talking about like dynamic adjusting Go, controls, in your room. like adapt- in your room. adaptive controls. Go they're talking room. about and change. So I do not know how they're. I don't know how that's going to work. Um, but the overall look of it, I really like. It honestly looks like a small uh computer. It looks like a small computer tower, stop, like stop, a stop. Do, do like a personally do, built one.
0: Stay.
1: Stop! Hmm. Oh my god! So, fucking um, does it have rounded corners? That Willow, come PS here. PS heads are going to be jerking off. You?
2: Uh possibly. <laughs> it. Uh, I. It would be better to look up a picture. of it? It, it would. It would it'd be much better to look up a picture
1: of it. Um, well, I, I say that because. Uh, a couple of years back, I think, when, when one of the iPhones came out and it had rounded corners, like on the commercial, the dude was like, Oh, it's got rounded corners.
3: <laughs> Why the fuck would that even matter? Uh,
2: because of a thing that someone put out for it. They I basically were making it. fun of it. All right. Cool. But um, okay. it is it is also scheduled. It is still scheduled for the end of this year, so for the holiday season. Um, and they are coming out with a slew of games for it. Not all that I'm Whoa. interested in, but there are some. Uh, there are some very interesting uh,
0: picks. Keep on your um, they're
2: coming out and with a. No they're coming out with another Horizon, so Horizon Zero Dawn. If you remember that, they're coming out with Horizon Forbidden West. Um, I've never—I'm not a fan of the Horizon series, um, but I thought it was—I I thought it needed to be pointed out because it still looks oh, yeah, really I can good. See
0: that no, go ahead.
1: I, I just looked up a picture, and I we see some PlayStation heads jizzing over that.
2: Oh, over the horizon, or no, over, the, over, over the picture of the PlayStation? The picture, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> like oh, it's got blue lights. Oh,
2: oh. I, oh, it looks. I mean, it looks good. I gotta say, it looks good. Like it does look good. Like I am. I am. Uh, I do like the look. I, I think they did a good job on that. They they did a good job with the look.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, um. Uh, Let's see. So we have a new Horizon Zero Dawn coming out. We have a new Gran Turismo coming out. And I, I do have a friend who is really in the racing game. So he is probably weeping tears of joy. Hmm. Um, they're moving GTA 5 to PS5. So there'll be a new, they'll, not a new GTA 5, but basically an enhanced version of GTA 5 right. coming to the PS5. Uh, They're bringing a new Spider-Man, and it'll be Spider-Man Miles Morales. So it'll be starring Miles Morales. Um, They're making a new Ratchet & Clank. uh, (laughs) It's called Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, which will have multiple planets, new arsenals, and enemies. Um, I've never been a a Ratchet & Clank person, um, but I know a lot of people who have been basically waiting for that like they've been waiting for a, a new good Ratchet and Clank uh, game right. so
1: I assume they're going to be happy about that uh, the, the PS
3: you played the PSP what no
2: Oh, did we get disconnected again? Anchor is just acting up today.
3: Shitting the bed.
2: (laughs) Like, really hard. I do not know what's up.
1: Yeah, I was trying to say before I was so rudely disconnected, and welcome back, everybody, that uh, I have the Ratchet and Clank game for PSP, it's not too Mm bad.
3: Yeah.
2: But, uh yeah let's uh since anchor is just being completely unreasonable today let's go ahead and wrap things up um for those of us for those of you listening if you'd like to see more of the ps5 and the games that are coming out for it um you can just you can find their uh online reveal on uh youtube just do ps5 reveal and you'll be able to watch it um you can skip through a lot of the... It, do, do, do. Really, the reveals are only about maybe 30, 40 minutes, but it's like a two-hour long video, so you can probably just skip to the good parts. Oh, but I think right. what a game coming out that you're going to be happy about, David, they're coming out with a Hitman 3.
1: Mm. Well, so I have most of the one, um, I think it came out for both both systems, where it was like episodic, mm-hmm. and the the further into it you get, the more frustrating it got. Of course, it probably didn't help that I was drinking at the time. Um, it probably did. <laughs> <right? isn't> it? <laughs> trying to, uh, you know, trying to, you know, get the right uniform on to you know, get up the stairs, but like everybody's got hawk eyes and they're just like you can't go this way. And I'm like, motherfucker, I'm gonna beat the shit out of you.
2: <laughs> I remember playing, I think, the first Hitman game. It was all right. I-, I actually enjoyed it. I think I finished it too. I played I played it all the way through to its end.
1: I've got the the PlayStation two three pack. It was Hitman two Hitman Two contracts and Hitman Blood Money. Those were really fun games to play. They, they were. And I, I still remember that one mission where you had to uh, snipe two people at once. So what I did was I left the start point, went into the sewer, all the way over to a tall-ass tower, and then just waited for the two dudes to like, be right up next to each other and then killed them both with one bullet. That oh, that was, was that was but yeah, so uh, you know, anybody from Sony if you're listening and you would like us to do some reviews, just you know, send the PlayStation five my way. Send one to Gerald Two <laughs> and uh, you know we'll get right on that.
2: Oh yeah. Like absolutely. Like yeah, I'll review uh, all of your games, but my reviews are gonna be honest. Just
1: saying, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know we uh, we will totally <laughs> will totally get the word out to our estimated audience of two people.
0: <laughs> Not a
1: problem. Just uh, you know, go ahead and sponsor us and uh, send us that delicious, delicious swag, and we'll get right on it. But, anyways, final thoughts.
2: Um. No game, no life. Definitely worth a watch. Uh, Lock and key. Good show. Unfortunately, not for me. Um, <laughs> um, and it is unfortunate that at that they started so good in the beginning of the season, and then kind of started tripping in the latter part of their uh, latter part of the show. Um, but still a good show. Still a good show. Um.
1: So is that tripping like they took a bad tab of acid or tripping like Jason waiting? He's like, I'll just wait for that bitch to trip. Bitches always be tripping over nothing.
0: Yeah,
2: I'm just, just <laughs> waiting for that bitch to trip. Bitches always be tripping over nothing. <laughs> um, and uh, as far as disintegration, I hope it turns out to be a good game because it does, unfortunately, it just doesn't look like it's going to be it looks like it's going to flop just like anthem flopped
3: given um, what I've, I've heard you say about anth about disintegration it sounds like it's a, a resource flip of a bunch of other games like they're salvaging a bunch of other games and a bunch of other mechanics to make a, a new game new being kind of a relative term
2: well, right. And some of the reviewer, uh, one of the reviewers that I read through their review of it even kind of said the same thing, that they were taking a bunch of elements from other games and putting them in here, but not doing any of them well. Like, it's not deep enough strategically for strategy players, and it's not a, it's not good enough of an FPS for FPS players, right? So they mm. t- they took these two things and put them together, but they didn't actually focus on making either of those two elements um, interact well with each other, or make them each very good on their own. So yeah, like you're you're not off the mark. You're not off the mark there.
1: So kit bashing games equals bad. Gotcha. Eh. I mean,
0: (laughs) and you
2: hate to see it because it looks like it could have been really good. And I don't, I don't know. I don't understand why. If this is the first title that this studio is doing, I don't understand why they wouldn't put everything they could into it, right? Right. Um, It playing well and keeping its players engaged should have been of the utmost importance. Uh, During the PS5, I remember during the PS5 reveal, there's this dude who came on and was like, there's always been a longstanding confrontation or uh, a longstanding problem with the developer's dream and the limits of the technology we have and everyone who I've watched who's been watching the PS5 reveal when they get to that part goes, fuck off <laughs> and I did the same thing I was like, fuck you that is never been the problem the technology has never been the problem with the developer's dream well and even with and well even with the advanced technology developers aren't always aren't going to be able to do exactly what they want with their art that's just the nature of the piece what usually holds a developer back is the publisher and the the shareholder. Okay. Because they're the ones who put money into
3: leave the, the door alone, okay? No more, more
2: shots. And normally they're getting in the developers' way most of the damn time and changing things that they have no knowledge mm-hmm. of, no understanding of, right? That's always mm-hmm. been the long and problem. The developers dream and the publisher's need for profit. That has mm-hmm. always been the biggest issue to, to the developer's dream. And then this guy's going to come up here. Yeah. Like everyone I've seen watching it has just been like, fuck off, dude. <laughs> Such a um, out.
1: Like, yeah, we don't have the technology. And I'm just copping out. Cause that's what I do. Pizza's here. But, uh,
3: no,
2: but yeah. So, but yeah, um, PS five looks good. Uh, can't wait to see what other titles come out for it. Uh, They've they've, honestly there was like a list of like 20 or 30 games that they have prepared to come out for the PS5 and um, a lot of them actually look pretty good. Um, So I'm looking forward to see what else might get revealed in the next six months that haven't been yet. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be getting a PS5 as soon as it releases but we'll see because they didn't and I didn't see a price tag mentioned during the entire reveal, so they revealed the PS5, but they didn't reveal the cost. That's how they well, get When
1: you. I when I looked it up to see the picture where all the PS fanboys are going to be busting nuts over the blue light and the curves, mm. uh, I saw 3.99 and 4.99, but I don't know if that was for the PS5 or if that was the PS3 price as compared to the Xbox One price. Or anything like that. I, I didn't see anything that says, "Yeah, it's going to debut at X amount of the Right. But in terms of disintegration, if if they right. offer a, a trial of it, I might check it out just to see if it's worth a damn, and then give a give a me review of it on an upcoming episode. Yeah. But other than that,
2: don't um, throw I don't have anything at
0: wet.
1: That's okay. All right. So that will conclude this week's episode. Everybody be safe out there.
3: Don't catch the rona. Keep
1: your social distance. Yes, don't catch the rona. We don't need that. You know, do the you know wash your hands at least. At least keep your yeah, well, and I'm be, Take it yeah,
0: home.
2: be really careful out there. Uh, since they've been opening everything back up, apparently there's been a resurgence of coronavirus cases. Uh, 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 so,
1: and let's let's not forget the uh, protests and everything.
2: Yeah, not to mention the protests as well. Be careful uh, of
1: that. If you do wish to partake in the protests, but I think they're kind of dying down now. Uh, just be safe about it. If you do
3: yeah, take part okay. in the protest, I recommend building a uh, a sign that you hold in front of you, kind of like a shield, made out of multiple layers of plywood. Just saying.
1: And take an umbrella, you know. That way, you know they can't hit you with the tear gas bed on or overhead. Um, There's the- if you see someone. If you see someone while you're protesting starting to loot, use that sign slash shield to beat the shit out of them.
3: Yes, if you see someone doing something stupid, hurt them and inform them that that is not appreciated.
1: Exactly.
2: So, but until next time, everyone continue having a good day, continue having a good week, and as we said, be safe out there.
1: Indeed. Be safe, and we will see you next week.
0: Indeed.